Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John and that's Ian. Hey, what is up? Not much. Uh, this is episode number 45. Uh, it's the end of her reign as she knew it. <laughs> Save yeah. you guys from my terrible uh, singing voice. Ahem. It's the end of her reign as she knew it. And I feel fine. <laughs> well, some people feel fine. Others, eh, not so much. Uh, I'm okay with it. We are recording. We'll talk on, about it. We are recording on January 11th, which is awesome. Uh, and before we get into the main topic, which we're going to talk, finish talking about Ether Revolt, and we're also going to talk about the standard bannings, which happened for the first time in how many years? Like uh, uh, six. six years. There we go. Well, five and a half ish. Sure. Um, we'll call it five and a half. First thing is we return our eyes to the community, as we always do. Uh, first up is Sun- Super Sunday Series was this past weekend, and it was a thing. Yeah, I was busy. I would have liked to have watched it, but I, I, I did pop in to chat every so often. Um, saw some of the little bit of the modern, uh, but yeah, again, RIP the Super Sunday Series. I don't know if it's good to see it go or sad to see it go. I, I, I feel like I'm more ambivalent. I was never really, I guess, their target audience for that. I remember loving event. watching the first one, because that was awesome. Yeah, I was like, but even like actually competing in the Super Sunday series for what you would get from it, yeah. that was never quite really, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so. Anyways. It's, it's an end of an era for sure in Magic, and I mean, we'll, we'll see what else they come up with in its place. Yes, of course. Uh, also, uh, because of the ban lists, because the ban list changes, if you're in a standard or modern league, you got your entry reimbursed. Yeah, that was actually kind of a nice little thing. Uh, I know that they had kind of a surpri- kind of a surprise, quote unquote, um, like on Monday. We're like, hey, by the way, at uh, 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. Pacific time, we got a ban restricted announcement. Everyone's like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. So um, they announced it a week early. We'll get this in a little bit when we get the ban list, but. They're like, okay, we're implementing this. It's We're announcing it now, but the normal implementation date in paper is the 20th. However, online, we're implementing it this week, which is kind of a flipper reverse. Because usually you'd have to wait until the set came out online before the ban list was enabled. So it was kind of like a wonky middle ground. They just cut leagues off as it was. So, so. there was a, there were bandages in standard and modern. We'll get into more of them later. So the modern, the modern changes just happen. The fact that we have basically like two to three weeks on Magic Online with a different standard than the current standard was is going to be really interesting to see how that devolves. Yeah, I just think people are just going to be like, whatever, I'm not going to play it unless people are like, find a deck that can just like destroy the current quote unquote weird meta. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Also, but for right now, I'm not even, I'm not even really paying attention to standard until Aether Revolt hits you yeah. know, fully. No. Uh, also, the pre-pre-release was this past weekend, and it was announced by Trick Jarrett that they're going to be doing a pre-pre-release for every set this year. Well, main yes. release set. Well, yes, yeah, so you're going to get Amaket release in the spring, uh, our de- devastation in the summer. Yeah, yeah, and then we're going to get what's codename Ham in the fall. I was watching the chat during that point, and as soon as Trick said Ham, I was like. Let's go with the lure hams because loading lure ham. has has a ham emo and it's just hams, hams, hams. Oh, ham, wall of ham. Oh yeah. But no, I think it's great. Um, kind of. So towards last year in you know the fall, everyone's like, hey, we haven't heard anything about like the community uh, uh, community cup. They've kind of I guess moved away from that, and we might have seen the last of it in 2015. Maybe. Unfortunately, kind of sadly, we don't know what they're gonna do, but. With the Community Super League they ran last year and now the Lure pre-releases, they are able to get community members in with a cool little event, kind of showcasing it, and they can do it four times a year now. Yeah. Granted, you don't get the the Wizards versus Community rivalry, which I think was one of my favorite parts of the Community Super League, but the the ability for Loading Ready to Run just be like, hey, cool content person, come up here and play Magic with us. Yeah, well, I mean, and the cool part about them being so close right now to, or them being in Victoria and Wizards being in, you know, the Seattle area is that they can get, like, they've been pulling one, you know, Wizards employee up, uh, put me in the camp for Matt Tabak. <laughs> oh, man, I would love to see Tabak there. Well, the best part is we get the plus side of them 
getting him on Sidewalk Slam, which is their wrestling podcast. So, oh yeah, I mean, they could just do double duty there, and then they could also just have him on the the Tap Tap Conceit as well. They just book his whole weekend. Oh, like a judge podcast with like Serge and uh, <laughs> Nelson and stuff. Oh, oh, so good. Do it. Uh, but no, uh, getting that solidified is great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll be in the chat, obviously, yep. modding away. Um, hopefully, it's not on Fridays. Yeah, the Friday it was really weird, affected, but yeah, but it ran. It started at eleven, and I was there for a large portion of it because it went to like six, seven p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, so they didn't miss their dinner reservation. No, and that's a great thing. So, <laughs> what else we've got? One more thing is uh, we had GP Louisville, which was Legacy, and Reed Duke won it with a Sultai brew they're calling kind of it's was it True Name Sultai? Yeah, True Name Nemesis being the namesake card, even though the deck was built with Leovold in mind. Yeah, and remember, Leovold that that's a card. <laughs> he is so powerful. It, he is commanding. I know he, he, when he was released, he was a Conspiracy 2. He's the black, green, blue, 3-3 three, three legendary elf advisor that says, each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or an ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. So you prevent your opponent from drawing cards, which is a massive part of Legacy. I hear Brainstorm brain. is a very popular card. It's the card of the format. It shuts down. It means brainstorm. You look at one card. It really is brainstorm dot format. Um, and it also any kind of removal your opponent's going to be packing, like abrupt decays or any of that kind of craziness, like murderous cuts in some decks, like which Re was running in his, or any kind of thing targeting you. Like thought sees you. Okay, I draw a card. Gitaxian probe right. you. Okay, I draw a card. Yeah, it, silly. And like Inquisition of Kozilek if it's played. Yeah. But, it's just like, geez. Yeah, it's um, crazy. He's running a two of, but obviously Trinium Nemesis is a four of. John was talking to me a little bit this, about this. Like, he was watching some videos describing it, basically. You're running, like, just a bunch of mana dorks just to power stuff out really quickly. Specifically, four of Deathrite Shaman, four of Noble Hierarch, even though you're yeah. never using the white mana for anything. A turn two True Name Nemesis is ridiculous. A True Name Leovold is also ridiculous. Also, this deck plays Force of Will. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like if I could afford it, this is like an insane list and looks hilarious. It also or plays play only only three Jaces, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's three Jaces. Yeah, so, but it's really cool. Um, I'm excited to see it's basically quote unquote a new deck out there because there was nine Miracles decks in the top 32, or no, like six or seven. There was one in the top uh, eight, which was BBD. And a ton of Delver, like you're yeah. usually expecting to see. There was a Canadian Threshold deck, which is the Nimble Mongoose Delver deck. Mm-hmm. Um, Sneak and so- Show showed up a bunch. It's still a powerful deck. Yeah, Death and Taxes made top eight at the hands of Craig Wesco. So I feel like you could hand very... Craig Wesco a deck of like 30 Planes and 30 Savannah Lions, and he'd have a winning record at the end of it. I mean, it's... A hilarious deck, and the guy knows how to play it perfectly. Yeah. Um, Seth Manfield actually finished 19th with Infect. Woot. Yep. Um, I don't think I saw yeah. any Eldrazi decks. I might have been wrong. No, I didn't see a single Eldrazi deck up here. Womp womp. Oh, and uh, the quote-unquote new cheapy on the block, um, probably not going to be cheap below, but this is like under $1,000 deck in Legacy, by the way, is Black Red Reanimator. Oh, yeah. That deck's also really sweet. It's cheap. Pick it up now. If you're going to, if you're planning on going to GP Vegas and you don't have a deck yet, you can get this for. You can get a version of the deck for under a thousand dollars. Yeah, there's somebody in my local area who went up there with his buddies to play, and he ended up playing Black Red Reanimator. Just like he had a mulligan to four, but his hand with no lands, and he was on the play, and his hand had Entomb, Reanimate, and Dark Ritual, or something, and he was able to go, like. He passed the turn on the play, then he top-decked a land, and went land, uh, Dark Ritual, Entomb, Reanimate. Reanimated Sire Barf. Insanity. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was great. Anyways. Yes. Anyway. So, on to the uh, best of the rest of Aether Revolt. Yeah. Uh, there's still a bunch of cards that we saw, and some cards that made a lot of people really happy, and a lot of pe- cards that made people kind of turn their head a little bit. So, let's start yeah. off with the, the best part about the entire spoiler week, which was a silly legendary monkey token. 
Ragavan. Ragavan. So Elaine Chase, so, who's uh, one of the senior, I forget her exact title. Um, she's one of the head honchos as far as magic's concerned. Um, I think she's the global brand director, if I recall correctly. I so, yeah. Uh, she sent a picture of this monkey token called Ragavan and goes, well, what makes this? And then she, VP, VP brand strategy. VP for brand strategy. There we go. And she ended up, uh, and she eventually spoiled uh, Kari Zev as well as Kari Zev's expertise. So, Ian, what does Kari Zev do? We want to start with her expertise first. Sure, we can do her expertise as well. Okay, cool. I'm going to start with the expertise. So, Kari Zev's expertise is one red red, gain control of target creature or vehicle until end of turn, untap it. It gains haste until end of turn. So, your typical threaten effect. We, we were surmising la- next, last week what it might be. I'm threatened is all right, but it's a sorcery. It's a rare, and it's got the expertise clause, I guess you can call it, because of the cycle. You may cast a card from, with converted mana cost two or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Uh, the art on it, amazing, by the way, but that allows you to cast Kari Zev, Skyship Raider, which is a one in a red, legendary creature, human pirate. There you go for your pirate, fan, pirate fans out there. She's a 1-3 with First Strike and Menace. She also has a large chunk of text that says, Whenever Kari Zev Skyship Raider attacks, create a legendary 2-1 red monkey creature token named Ragavan that's tapped and attacking. Exile that token at the end of combat. So she triggers Revolt all by herself. Because you attack yep. with her, Ragavan comes in, Ragavan leaves, you got Revolt on. 1-3 Menace First Strike is a weird power toughness stat line. It's hard to block. It is very hard to block. Effectively. There were two, in the early game. There were two Kari Zevs that opened at least, I think. It was only two at the pre-pre-release. Might have been three. Uh, but she did work. Oh, she did a lot of work. And she also works really well with Puzzle Puzzle Encounters. Turns out. Um, uh, she's also the second pirate, I believe, in the set. The other pirate being the, um, the Skyship Plunderer in blue. Yeah. And then also her expertise just is a, is a threat, which is not hyper-impactful. But when you're also getting a two-drop on top of that, that's really, really good. Yeah, so that that it's not as powerful as the other expertise cards are. I don't see myself wanting to pick it first in like limited format kind of thing. Probably not. But if I'm already in a relatively aggressive-ish red deck or red-based deck, I mean, I would not mind picking that up. If we're talking strictly limited with the expertises... Uh, they get better the more mana they get, which is really counterintuitive because you're able to cast more things off of it. Like, Karizev's Expertise might only cast seven cards in your deck, whereas Rishkar's Expertise could cast your entire deck because it casts anything that's five or less for free. Yeah, so it's one of those weird kind of things probably might see constructed play. It seems like a really good sideboard card in any sort of aggressive deck. Yeah, we don't know how vehicles are going to handle anymore we'll we'll, we'll, again, we'll, get, we'll get to that, that in a moment <laughs> yeah but uh overall pretty cool oh, i yeah. like it um she was actually a centerpiece of today's story that was released oh yeah it, it was fantastic if you haven't got the chance to read it yet yeah so i will say uh, that the story also contained everyone's favorite poster boy jace but you know kari zev was definitely jace, the star of the show jace warning <laughs> spoiler alert um yeah so john next up we've got the Herald of Anguish. So, Tell us about that guy. Herald of Anguish was the last mythic spoiled. Um, so the Herald is a 7-mana 5-5 five five demon at mythic with flying and improvise. So it's 5 black black. So you can make this guy cost only black black if you have enough artifacts. Uh, and he has two lines of text beyond the fact that he has improvise and flying. At the beginning of your instep, each opponent discards a card. And you can pay one of the black and sack an artifact to give target creature minus 2, minus 2 till end of turn. So... He has the same cost as a Gearseeker Serpent. So you could cast him as early as turn 4 in Limited. I know this because I've cast Gearseeker Serpents on turn 4. Um, also, the end of your, at your end step, each opponent discards a card is really good against control decks, whether you're talking about Limited or even Constructed, where it's just like, here's a 5-5 Flyer that I've played. Now you have to lose cards from your hand. And then it just has the additional text of, if you have artifacts laying around that you don't mind losing, you can then just sack an artifact to kill a creature, which also triggers Revolt, which makes Fatal Push, which you talked about last week, even better. Yeah, so this is a, um, he both, he's a, a big clock, for yes. sure. Like, taking a quarter of your life away. But one thing we've, like, I've noticed in a lot of these spoilers is there's a lot of cards that just basically are a quote-unquote pacifism style effect where it's enchanted creature can't attack or block. 
or it yeah. gets tapped down. Yeah. This guy doesn't care about tap being tapped down. You can Ooh. tap him down, and he's still going to make you dis- your opponent discard a card. Yeah. You can still sack an artifact and give your having a target creature get minus two, minus two. He don't care about that kind of like hold, holding him back. He will still affect your board state, which is great. Oh, yeah. He's going to put your opponent in top deck mode really quickly, or he's just going to die immediately, which is exactly what you want your bombs to do. Um, granted, you don't think want a- them to die, but... I think it's a great limited mythic. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic and limited. Like, if you ever cast this on turn four, you're winning. So, you know, it's cool. Yeah. So, uh, next card I wanted to talk about, or I put this on the list, was Gremlin Infestation, which has a very strong limited pedigree. It's three and a red for a aura at uncommon. It enchants an artifact. And at the beginning of your instep, the enchantment's controller, Gremlin Infestation deals two damage to enchanted artifact's controller. And when the enchanted artifact is put into a graveyard, you create a 2-2 red gremlin creature token. It's very this reminiscent is, of Stab Wound. Oh, yeah, and that was the I think, two and a black enchant card creature, uh, enchanted creature. It does the two damage. And it gets minus two, minus two. Instep. Yeah, so this actually can just, you know, if they've got some artifact they can't really sack or they don't have any ways to sack it, you're just putting a, a shock on a stick. And if they do happen to get rid of it, Cool, you got a 2-2. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't I mind... Mean, I would not mind putting this on a servo and just never blocking the servo or blocking it with, like, a, a zero-power creature. Yeah, because it's they're going to be hitting you for, like, one, and you're dealing them two damage. Yeah. Or you put this Fine, on I'm, another on a do-nothing artifact, so... This I'll, is definitely side sideboard tech for artifact-heavy decks if you're in a red deck, but still is a kind of cool little, like, throwback to Stab Wound. I would, I would main deck one in limited, um, but that's just me. Actually, yeah, because, I mean, by you were actually always keeping... if You, you would play, like, a Fragmentize or an Appetite for uh, the Unnatural yeah. in your deck. Like, there's always one artifact. I've played very few decks that just have straight-up zero artifacts. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Like, ex- That's a good not, point. Not, or even including Servos. But it is an interesting card. So, uh, moving on, we have a card that was spoiled by uh, Mike Lineman and... Um, Ant Tessator over at the, uh, the Snack Time podcast, which was Ravenous snack time, Intruder. Snack time. What, Ian, what yes. does Ravenous Intruder do? I don't have them pulled up. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. Ravenous <laughs> Intruder is yeah. one in the red for a 1-2 Gremlin at Uncommon. You can sack an artifact to give the Intruder plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. It's an Atog. Literal Atog. Oh, yeah, it's that one. It has the Gremlin okay. who is just like all up on this Masterpiece Soul Ring. Oh, yeah. He is so and the, hungry. The flav- and that flavor text, I can see why they got it, because it's mwah. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, as a level 37.5 flavor judge, I have to inform you that if you I, if you ever have Ravenous Intruder and the Masterpiece Soul Ring in play at the same time, you have to sacrifice the Masterpiece Soul Ring immediately. Flavor win. Also, if your opponent has it and, it, and you hit them with Ravenous Intruder, they have to destroy it. <laughs> but it has to be the Masterpiece of it, edition. It can't be any other edition of Soul Ring. Also, remember... <laughs> Damn it, John. People are going to try doing that now. <laughs> Again, this is as a level 48 and a half flavor judge, uh, not as an actual our, uh, DCI endorsed judge. 83% of the time, it works every time. Yeah. Uh, also, so, the art's fantastic. The card's cool. It's going to be sweet and limited. Oh, yeah. So, we had another card that was kind of uh, unveiled. Now, we kind of talked about this when they got leaked. Um, we didn't want to talk about it, but they are story spotlight cards. And because, you know, you get the whole shebang on Friday, uh, last week on the 5th, they unveiled two of the final Story Spotlight cards. The first one was Battle at the Bridge. This is the Story Spotlight 4 or 5. Uh, it's an X and a black sorcery at rare with Improvise, so it has the artifacts can help cast this after you've done activating mana abilities. Uh, it says each cre- or target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. You gain X life. Oh, man, if that's at each creature, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I was like, each. No, because I like, my eyes glance briefly up in the improvised, yeah, like, yeah, reminder yeah. text, and I saw each there. I was like, each. Oh, wait, no, it's target. Yeah, no. But no. No, the card's great. Uh, it's solid, scalable, limited removal. Deathwind is a playable card in limited. Uh, this card's yep. even better. It's a sorcery, which is still, it's still good, though, because you're going to be gaining a bunch of life. Would you Would you first pick this? Yes. No okay. question. Like, even over True. Long Tusk Cup. Wow. And Long well, Tusk Cup's not even in the set. set. <laughs> Good one, John. All right, so, John, we did get another one that's the Source Spotlight 5 of 5. We are gonna might spend a minute on this one. It's called Dark Intimations. 
Yeah, Dark Intimations casts for two blue, black, red for a rare sorcery. Uh, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker, then discards a card. You return a creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand, then draw a card. Which is not super impactful, but the, the big thing here is that it's supposed to be mimicking the card Cruel Ultimatum. Which was blue-blue, uh, black-black-black, red-red for a sorcery back in, uh, it was, yeah, Shards of Alara. And each opponent, and then I think it was target opponent in that case, they sacked a creature, uh, discarded three cards, lost five life. You gained five life, drew three cards, and returned a creature from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, it's the yeah the clauses for the return for you is creature draw three gain five. Yeah, it's the exact. It so, basically mirrors it, which this card does yeah. as well. well. Yeah, but but it's it's the it's the lesser it's the less cruel. Yes, made him. <laughs> but there's another line of text on dark intimations because five mana for that effect is not the best. It's still like you know a four for one, which you'll take every time every day of the week. Uh, but the last line of text is the interesting part. When you cast a Bolus Planeswalker spell, exile Dark Intimations from your graveyard. That Planeswalker enters the battlefield with an additional loyalty counter on it. Now, we've seen the whole set. We do not have a Bolus Planeswalker here, but we know where we're going next, and that's Amonkhet. Yeah, and in, in the article we'll have linked below where they unveiled this card, it says, let's clear the elephant out of the room first. Nickel Bolus is not on Kaladesh. We know he's on Amonkhet. He's in the key art. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to see him coming up. We don't know if this means that this kind of control style deck might be coming back. We don't know what kind of Bolus Planeswalker we're going to see. All I know is that hype. Yes. Uh, this is also the only three color card in the entire set. Only three color card in the entire block, even. Um, and Dark Intimations, again, it's Cruel Ultimatum, and Cruel Ultimatum is flavored for after Nickel Bolus. Like, the From the Vault art has Nicol Bolas just smacking around Sark and Vol. Um, and that's exactly what's, what Dark Intimations is. It's, it's a mini version of that effect. And the big reason why is because Tezzeret is one of Bolas's lackeys. Yeah, so I am quite excited to see what we're going to get. It's like, okay, cool, we've got a spoiler. What's coming up next? But no, this is... I, I'm actually... And here's the cool part about this one, the story spotlight-wise, that kind of... We don't. We see the art, but unlike the other ones from the uh, Kaladesh with the story spotlight, it doesn't quite tell us exactly what's going on at the end of the story yet. Like, yeah, there's this person sitting in the middle of a field. It's it's Tezzeret. Is it Tezzeret? Is it confirmed that sure it's Tezzeret? I'm pretty sure it's Tezzeret. It looks like what Tezzeret's wearing, plus kind of RNG. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's a man standing between what looks like the broken halves of either airships or a Gear Hulk or something. On yeah. a dusty battlefield kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was Gideon, to be honest. Yeah. I think the assumption is that Tezzeret is doing this, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Also, either way, finally, it's, it's finally Bolus. Finally. Yes. It's about time he's back. Uh, last card before we get into some of the more impressive cards, the cards that people are going to probably be talking about a little bit more in, in some cases or other. Uh, we have to talk about the kind of the hype and then falling of one of the best pieces of art in this set. Magali Villeneuve has been doing amazing work. Uh, and Scrapper Champion has the art for this card. or this, the, Scrapper Champion is the card with this art. Uh, the champion is three and a red for a human artificer at Uncommon. It has It's two to double strike. When it comes into play, you get two energy. One of the attacks, you can pay two energy to put a counter on it to make it a three, three, or four, four, depending on how much energy you have. The problem is that we saw this art when Aether Revolt's website went live and this art was, a, was attached to a legendary creature who, or a, per, a person of note from the plane that we didn't see a legend for, and that was Ad, Advika Tar. And just yeah, out of nowhere. It's, it's kind of sad that we didn't get to see her because she looks like a boss. Like, she's, you know, just a regular human who is an artificer who has, like, basically built herself, I guess you could call it, a lesser version of Dr. Octopus. That's exactly what I was thinking. So it basically has an, a second set of arms, which are wielding pole arms. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's where you get the double strike from because she's got two sets of arms. Well, it's kind of one of the tropes where creatures with double strike have two weapons. It's kind of tropey, but it's, it's true. I don't even care if it's tropey. Like, this art looks amazing. Oh, the art's fantastic. However, this does open the door 
to us seeing her again in a supplemental product, like a commander set of some sort. Or if we ever return to Kaladesh, which I'm, I'm sure we are. Oh, most, we probably would yeah. at some point. Um, however, it's just sad we didn't get her now. Yeah. Instead, we got Kari Sev, which, I mean, Kari Sev is sweet. Like, I'll take my pirates yeah. all day long. It's just, it's just one of the sad little things. It's like, we, we saw, like, we saw this person named on the website, and there's no card. It's like, oh. Tied to this art is the big thing. Like, that's the biggest letdown. Yeah, like, tied to, the, like, pro- like, yeah, probably the best art in the set. It's definitely up there for me. I'm not sure if it's the best, but it's definitely up there. We'll call it one of the best? Yes. Okay. All right. Moving on, let's talk. Nice. There's, there's no, <laughs> there, we would talk, we would say the elephant in the room, but really it's, like, the thousand cats in the room. Uh, Ian, yeah. could you tell us about Philidar Guardian? <laughs> this little guy. So, kind of intriguing is, this is the first time we've seen a car named Felidar that's not on uh, Zendikar. Yeah, that that's my that's my recollection. I could be wrong. Feel free to call me out yeah. if I am, but I'm 99% yeah, that, sure. That was, that was for John. But anyways, Felidar Guardian is a 3 and a white for a 1-4. Hmm. Okay. It's a creature cat beast at Uncommon. It reads, when Felidar Guardian enters the battlefield, you may exile another target permanent you control. Then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So it triggers revolt. The keywords, the it, keywords here are target permanent you control. Yeah, it, it, so it triggers revolt. It resets fabricate creatures. It's really good in limited because um, it just, again, it just resets whatever, ha- whatever you have. There's a lot of uh, pacifism effects in this format or in limited at least, that Felidar Guardian just gets rid of, or you can move your pacifism effect to something else. It's a very also powerful there, card. Also, there's a bunch of ETB triggers in the set. Yep, of course. That you want. But the reason why we're saying a thousand kitties in the room is because of our good friend Sahili Rai from yeah. Kaladesh. Now, she didn't see a whole lot of play, obviously. Felt really relatively underpowered uh, in terms of she didn't really find a home. But she's got a home now, potentially, in a Jeskai deck, because who, buddy? So, Ian, her mind is ex- two. explain per- how this works. As somebody who used to play a very similar combo in Modern, before it got banned, uh, Sahili Rise minus two says create a token that is a copy of target artifact or creature you control, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. We don't really care about the second half of that sentence necessarily, but we'll get into that. That token gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. Minus two Sahili Ride. Target Felidar Guardian. Copy Felidar Guardian. Copy enters the battlefield. Exile another target permanent you control trigger hits. Targeting Sahili Rye. Exiles returns it back to the battlefield. Minus two Sahili Rye. Targeting Felidar Guardian. Felidar Guardian targets Sahili Rye. Bounces Sahili Rye. You see where we're going with this. It's virtually Splinter Twin. And thus you have demonstrated a loop. Yep, you gotta do it four times, but officially, it's officially four times. Yeah. However, when people first saw this, it took like a couple hours, and I was just like, oh, what? See, Healy Ryan went from a $5 card to $25 Which that is silly. day. Um, I, the mana does exist for this to be a thing. Um, remember, both blue red and white red got fast lands in uh, Kaladesh, so. They also have the creature lands, which mm-hmm. don't work the best. But this is definitely oh, we'll get something to, you got to we'll worry get to about. The creature, we'll get to the creature lands on the next card for <laughs> another fun combo on that one. Yeah, but we'll get yeah, to this just seems this just seems hilarious. So the cynical side of me says, "Wait, did R and D really miss this?" And I'm like, "No, there's no way they missed this. There can't be a way that Wizards R and D." who goes through all of the pieces of the puzzle for standard, missed this combo. There's no way. I mean, especially considering they just banned Splinter Twin. <laughs> like, They banned Splinter T- Twin while this set is being developed. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were in the, the thick of developing Kaladesh and Aether Revolt right around the time they were evaluating Splinter Twin to get banned. There's no way you could... Like, if they missed this... Then damn. Then damn. <laughs> so, so here's my big argument for why this is worse than Splinter Twin. Because there's a lot of reasons why it's worse than Splinter Twin, and I don't think anybody would argue too much about this. I have a one-word response. I'm going to see if you get it. Okay. Uh, first off, uh, neither Sahili nor Felidar Guardian have Flash, which Deceiver Correct. X Arc and Splinter Twin had. Correct. Um, this, re- this revolves around you casting the cards in the reverse order. 
So you want to cast a Healy Rai and then Felidar Guardian, or you can do it in the opposite order as well. Um, which Okay, so that's actually a little bit better. But in either case, one is a Planeswalker, one is a creature that you have to cast at sorcery speed. And Felidar Guardian dies to pretty much every removal spell in standard. It dies to Grasp. It dies to Revolted Fatal Push, which is probably going to be more true more than not. Dies to any energy left over to Harness Lightning. It dies to most the most played removal in the format. It does dodge Sorcery Speed removal, but it, it just seems so fragile. It dies to Grasp of Darkness. Yeah, that's like... That was one of the big things. Is like it dies to everything. Also, Here, here's if, what I ha- here's what here's what I have to say. Shock. Yeah, you can shock <laughs> Sahili and just kill her if she's at two or less loyalty. Yeah, Sahili Rai goes on the stack. You wait for them to bounce um, minus a Sahili, and you can respond to her create a token trigger. Yeah, you can shock even, her you can out. Even wait till you can even wait until the the copy comes into play to target Sahili and then just kind of nope them. Granted, if this combo is real, it's not going to be turn three, turn four, you're dead. It's going to be a later on thing. It's going to be, they're, we're going to wait until turn seven, five or, turn eight. Five or, you might be turn five or six. They want to leave up, they want to leave up counter spells because you're going to, you're basically going to be a blue red control deck splashing white for Felidar Guardian. I don't think you're going to be a blue white deck splashing red or a blue or a white red deck splashing blue. You're a blue red no, no, deck yeah. splashing white. Yeah, it might be in some kind of like control, like basically how Splinter Twin ended up being a control deck that had an oops, I win combo. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm sure the brewers out there are looking at finding ways to absolutely just abuse the heck out of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll see what they can do. Um, anytime you can exile, like just flicker a card right away is great. Waiting until like end steps kind of like, yeah. I mean, Glimmer but. Point Stag was a playable card in Limited, so we'll leave it at yep. that. So, ne- so I mentioned, I mentioned, John mentioned the Creature Lands, and I mentioned another card. And that card is is a, another four mana card. <laughs> it's funny, the four mana cards being released here are the ones causing these hilarious combos. So it's called, cra- it's called Crackdown Construct. So this card is, it says four mana, Artifact Creature Construct. That's a 2-2, so kind of relatively weak stats on the vanilla test. It says, whenever you activate an ability of an artifact or a creature that is not a mana ability, Crackdown Construct gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So when you activate a Wandering Fumarole... Into a creature. Into a creature, it becomes a 1-4 with an alternate ability that lets you pay zero mana to flip its power and toughness. You can do that ad ad nauseum until the cows come home. Every time you activate that zero power toughness flip that triggers crackdown construct yeah all you have to do is somehow get that out on turn five yeah activate it heck if you were on turn six you could just play your fumarole activate your tapped fumarole and then start flickering it and then give crackdown construct something like built to smash when it attacks to give it trample for lethal uh spilt to smash works also key to the city to give an unblockable or since you're playing blue red already, slip through space. That's still legal in standard too. True story. So there, it's just one of those like cards that was identified. It's like it's probably not. It probably has less playable implications than the Felidar Guardian uh, Kitty Kitty Twin does. But it's still like a fun card to look, that people are like. That's a fun little interaction and constructed. Oh yeah, the fact that you can just make like so. an arbitrarily large construct is just fun. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So, do we just want to mention that one because it's a cool little combo people have been talking about? Uh, last two cards we're going to talk about today before we get into the ban lists are two commons. Uh, one is High Spire Infusion, uh, one in the green for an instant to give a creature plus three plus three until end of turn and get two energy. It's giant growth, yeah. but Ish. like bonus. Yeah, I mean, I I just I put this one on the list because I'm like I just wanted to use it to highlight there are a lot of combat tricks. Oh yeah. Also, energy and even suite. pre-combat tricks. Yeah, you get like a bonus and energy. So if you're dealing if you're dealing with a creature that wants to eat energy, you can high spire infusion it, infusion it, make it swole, and then dump more energy into it to make it even more swole. Yeah, that yeah. turn card is great. So yeah, it's great. And we wanted to mention caught in the brights. We mentioned it here because the big joke of this one is so John, should we what caught in the brights does. So it's uh, two and a white for a aura enchantment at common. It enchants a creature. Uh, the creature can't attack or block. And then whenever you attack with a vehicle, uh, you exile the creature. 
So something gets just bowled over by... It gets run over by a car. Yeah. <laughs> and it has some, it has great art with a gremlin just caught in the back. Of the car. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's great uh, flavor so, so the funny joke about this was... Because the flavor on it says, like, while hunting Aether, a gremlin may ignore other stimuli, including threats to its own life. Kind of like, need food. Boom. Yep. It's fantastic. But the funny thing, what people were saying before we get to the ban list, which kind of leads nicely into it, is like, hey, we can maybe use this as a way to, okay, we got hit by an Emrakul. All right, let's call it in the bright sit and then swing with our copter and run over Emrakul with a little copter. Vroom, vroom. Beep, beep. Um... It's a great revolt trigger if you need it. Yep. If you there's a couple of really decent playable uh, artifact or vehicles in this set in the set coming out. Um, if you need a revolt trigger, and it's just a great way. Again, it's another. It's removal. Yeah. Removal, a common removal. Removal. Also, there's a card that recurs enchantments in the set, which this seems like a good one to recur. Just yeah. FYI. Yep. Pretty cool. So, and remember, it exiles the creature that's been enchanted so they can't have any shenanigans with graveyard interaction oh yeah so that said oh, let's get to what we've been skirting around this entire time john yo banned and restricted announcement oh. tweeted out on monday a week early Wizards, you. a, a week, week early. early that's that's what that's what got everybody tweeted out at 11 a.m pacific time we have a banned and restricted announcement now we mentioned that the sahili kitty combo that was discovered on friday Everyone was like, wait a minute. Is this an emergency ban? Did, like, this is where everyone's like, wait, did Wizards actually miss this and realize, oh crap, we need to actually ban this in standard? No, no. they didn't. Uh, Instead, John, yeah. tell the people what happened. So we, we got five total bannings. Five cards got banned from the variety of formats that Wizards, uh, that the DCI endor- endorses. We had two we bans. Also, Huh? We also well, I want to also say we also got an announcement. They're adding an additional ban and restricted announcement window, which is good. Five weeks after the Pro Tour, yes, the mon- the Monday five weeks after the Pro Tour, which is really good to help make sure that standard doesn't get too stale effectively. Um, um even Sam Stoddard at <laughs> from Wizards was basically had said that if they had had that ban window, we might have seen collective company banned. Yeah. After Shadows or after Eldritch Moon? Uh, Eldritch Moon. Okay. In any case, the bannings are as follows. In Modern, we had two bannings. We had Cataxian Probe get banned and Golgari Grave Troll get banned. Which, uh, Golgari Grave Troll was the first card that was on the banned list to get unbanned and then get put back on. Yeah, and Golgari Grave Troll, remember, is the Fornagreen 0-0 creature skeleton troll that comes into play with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each creature in your graveyard. And it has one, remove a minus one, minus one counter from Gregory Grave Troll. Regenerate Gregory Grave Troll. Frankly, no one ever cares about that. That text never text. No, That never it matters. matters. Like it literally reads. Of games. It literally reads Dredge 6 at the bottom. That's all anybody ever has cared about with that card. Dredge 6. the One of the highest dredge co- costs. Yeah. It, it is the highest dredge cost, actually. Oh, the highest. So remember, dredge is a draw replacement mechanic so instead of drawing a card you just draw the grave troll and at the low low cost of putting the top six cards of a library into your graveyard now a deck like dredge which has cards like narcomib which bounces out the hyper powered with prized amalgam which comes out of your graveyard um with those kind of triggers and any other kind of cards you can put in your graveyard bounce it back out all that kind of stuff just dumping things in your graveyard with dredge is what that deck wants to do yeah Especially with Cathartic Reunion. Yeah. Like, Cathartic instead of Reunion... Drawing th- is, instead of drawing three, you put 18 cards in your graveyard. If you have three of them, yeah, if you have three of them in your graveyard. Uh, also, with Prize Amalgam, it was just becoming a little too good. Uh, yeah. Of note, it was unbanned January 19th, and it was at other bans at the time. Uh, in Modern, Dig Through Time, Pod, and Cruise were banned. Cruise was banned in Legacy, while World Gorger Dragon was unbanned. And then Cruise was restricted in Vintage, and Gifts Ungiven was unrestricted in Vintage. Yeah, so that was the uh, infamous cons banning of realizing, oh darn, we screwed up with dread, or not dredge, with delve, <laughs> delve. Uh, the other the other broken D mechanic that deals with the graveyard. A year later, Dig Through Time was banned in Legacy, uh, and the yeah, card with, that Ian and I are most sad to see go is Gataxia Probe. I'm I'm more heartbroken than Ian is, but yeah, um, so I'm sad to see it go, but at the same time, eh, 
on it because, uh, in fact, yeah. my modern deck plays Gitaxian Probe. Uh, it would play anywhere from three to four, depending on the build. Um, usually, it was used as a way to see if the coast was clear. It's if your opponent's holding mana up or whatever like that, you might use it to check to like be like probe you, see your hand. Okay, I don't need to go all in on this turn. I can afford to wait a turn. Or okay, they're they're packing some hate, but I can get around that hate. Uh, we're it gave too much information and this is what it says it basically it, it all but mentioned in fact in the ban it says but giving particularly giving perfect information and a card because it cantrips it draws you a card as well to decks that often have to make strategic decisions about going all in um, it also increased the number of third turn kills in a few ways basically with in fact i could just use it as a free way to say let me peek your hand there just and, just know, okay, i know cool. what i have to play around yeah, it's like, okay, I know when I need to sequence my protection spells now, or my protection pump. Uh, it was also used for Death Shadow Aggro. It's literally helping them fuel their life points going down because they're just going to probe you, probe you, do something else, probe, and then all of a sudden they've lost like six life plus a fetch land, shock land, and their death, sha- their death shadow is gigantic. Yeah. Um, and they also know that they can go in and attack. Oh, yeah. It's um, it's crazy. I, yeah, I'm sad to said, see it go because it was a free storm count and drew me a card in storm. So I don't know if storm even exists anymore. Basically, without Gitaxian probe, I'm gonna have to go back to playing four uh, side of hands. It's just gonna yeah, be really rough. Yeah, it's it basically the the their last line says ultimately the card did too much for too little cost. Whenever you can use your life as a as a, an additional resource, as we've seen with Phyrexian mana, it's busted. For me, I'm okay with it being gone in fact it doesn't really hurt us necessarily it does give us three to four extra slots to pack more protection and pump yeah um now that we have blossoming defense we can possibly just go we can possibly just crank it up to four blossoming defense four vines of vastwood uh put another apostles blessing in there or a counter spell like a um maybe a dispel or a uh would you play stubborn denial no um it's the Counter unless they pay two. Oh, spell pierce. Spell pierce, yeah. Put another spell pierce on the board. Um, there's ways. I mean, I also saw some lists actually starting to ditch Apostles Blessing by the end. We might just put them back in. Yeah. Because um, we don't have to worry about losing life to probe. Because there were a lot of times where you could lose five life on your first turn with, in fact, go probe to possibly draw a land. Oh, yeah. Also, this is. Oh, yeah. Wow. This is actually going to affect how we mulligan, too. Yeah, like lava acts myself to look at your hand, draw a card, and shock and fetch or fetch a shock land, shock myself, and then serum visions. That was a really good turn. Yeah, like it, we I used to do that, but yeah, uh, that's no longer there. Um, but like I said, I'm okay with it because we've got stuff to replace it. So the last the last three bannings, uh, you would think would be like legacy or maybe something like vintage restrictions or anything like that. Uh, remember, uh, Wizards does not run Commander. Commander ban list is run by somebody else. Uh, it's run by it's run by a separate group, kind of like how Canadian Highlander has like their own group of yeah for the points list, but which actually got changed recently. If you're interested in uh, Canadian Highlander, go check. They just had a points uh, adjustment on a couple cards. But we had three bans in Standard, which is kind of silly, considering that it's it's just weird to have bans in Standard. And so, <laughs> let's get some history behind some standard Please. bannings. Standard bannings has happened seven times before. Which in, 20, in, in a 23, 24-year-old game is really good. So the last one was in June 2011, which was Jace the Mind Sculptor and Stoneforge getting banned because Callblade was wrecking the format. It was like 80% of formats. You would have you would have top eights that were just decks of just four Jaces. You would have 32 part- Jaces in the top eight. You would have 64 in the top 16. Yeah, funny part is, though, there was an actual caveat to the standard banning because Stoneforge came in the event deck called War of Attrition. You could play the event deck unaltered Yeah, to still play Stoneforge. Because the event decks were made so that you could just buy a deck and play it in FNM, but if you couldn't play the deck in FNM because Stoneforge was banned, then you couldn't play the deck. So they basically made the one exception that you can only play Stoneforge Mystic in this exact 75. Yeah, so as we're going through this, you'll probably hear some, like, ghosts of past you might have heard of so the last one before that was six years prior to that one in march of 2005 which had 
uh, Arcbound Ravager, Disciple of the Vault, Darksteel Citadel, and the five artifact lands, so one in each color for the Ravager Affinity deck that was wrecking that standard environment. Well, that was Mirrodin, well. and Mirrodin was a yeah. problem. Uh, Ian, they realized if can you name the, Ian, can you name the artifact lands without looking it up? Uh, Ancient Den, Seed of the Synod, and that's two of my. I can't get it. <laughs> uh, so that's the red and the blue one. Then there's uh, Vault of Whispers, which is black, Tree of Tales, which is green, and Ancient Den, which is white. No, you said Ancient Den. You missed Great Furnace, which was red. Ancient Den is white. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the white and green ones. Um, before that, it was Skull Clamp, which was the. And that was in June 2004, which is the absolutely busted card that they changed at the last minute that they realized, oops, they made it too good. Uh, also, um, that's, they had to do that big banning in 2005 because they they thought that Skull Clamp was the problem when it was actually Ravager. Yeah, like they're like, oh god, Skull Clamp, but it's like, no, 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 it was Affinity. <laughs> Affinity was a problem. Uh, Mind Over Matter was in June of 1999. Uh, that was kind of like the result of, I believe it was, uh, it was from the Urza block. So actually, it was actually from not from Urza block. It was from Exodus. Yeah, Mind Over Matter is uh, two blue, 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 or three blue, four, blue, blue. It's four blues. Oh, it's four it's blues? two okay. and four blue. And then Torn, you, you discard a card to untap a permanent. Yeah, you could just seriously mess with. They had a lot of mana rocks back in the days. This, this was, was like, also the Talarian Academy format. Uh, Talarian Academy was actually. We're getting to that one in a second. <laughs> um, so in March of '99, this was coming out of Combo Winter, uh, which. Uh, it was Dream Hall's Earthcraft, uh, yeah, Dream Hall's Earthcraft Fluctuator, Lotus Petal, Recurring Nightmare, Time Spiral, and that was in the beginning of the month because the infamous emergency banning of Memory Jar came later that month uh, after Randy Bueller and Eric Lauer broke the card in half. Yeah. Um, again, we're actually, if you guys want to look into more of this, we are going to put a link to an article that was posted on the Wizard's Mothership back in 2015 that I, did, I pulled a lot of this information from because it's a great little reference. Um, it actually explains a lot of these bannings and why, because we can't really go into them too much without like devoting an entire episode to it. Yeah. Then we had December 98, which was the, the actual combo winner bans of Tolerian Academy and Windfall, which basically just read... So, the, the windfall thing is you can have Lotus Petal, Mox Diamond, Grim Monolith, which gave you access to six mana on turn one. And windfall basically said two and a blue, each player discards his or her hand and draws cards equal to the greatest number of player discarded this way. So you just draw seven and mess your other opponent out of their opening hand. Yeah. Right off the bat. Tolerian Academy was the, is the legendary land that tapped to blue to add, tap to add blue to your mana pool for each artifact you control. Remember they were heavily artifact decks back in the day. Before that, Zuran Orb in June of 1997. Um, cards could be restricted before 96. After 96, they changed it to a ban list only. So this is where the start of the ban list happens. Zuran Orb was the zero mana artifact that said for zero mana, you can sacrifice land to gain two life. You can play Armageddon, make everyone destroy their lands. But in response to that, you can sack all your lands yeah. and gain a bunch of life. So that brings us to today, in reverse order, because we had three bannings in standard. We had, well, let's just react to each of them individually. We had Embercool, the promised end. She's yeah. banned in standard. Yep. Uh, everyone was kind of expecting this to happen. Uh, thanks to Aetherworks Marvel just being a pretty busted. It's not super broken, but it's busted. It's busted um, when you're casting f essentially free 13 mana spells. Yeah, when you're putting a 13-13 and getting the cast trigger yeah. on turn four, yeah, where it's going to mind slaver you and basically just take the turn and you, you can't come back. It's next to impossible to come back from a 13-13 yeah, on it's, turn five. I know why they did it. Aetherworks model probably should have said pay eight, not pay six, but that's neither here nor there. The second card banned was more surprising than Emrakul, but not as surprising, and that was Smuggler's Copter. Yeah, the Looter Scooter is a really good magic card because every, like, it's funny the amount of times people are like, yeah, I had no idea that, I thought it was like when it deals damage, not when it blocks or attacks. Like, everyone, like, when, funnily enough, the pre-pre-release, Adam uh, Savadin had a Smuggler's Copter in his deck, and he actually told a story of like, I didn't realize how good this was until someone actually pointed out that it was when I attacked, and it is so ridiculous. <laughs> 
like, I don't think it was Adam. Adam didn't. No, I don't think Adam was. Someone else mentioned it, but Adam had it, and it's just insane of a card, especially in. Uh, it basically is what made the vehicle decks tick. Like I could think of a million ways to try to fix Smuggler's Cops, but I don't know if any of them actually solve the problem. Like you could make it a two three, you could make it a three two, so that it trades with stuff like um, uh, like Spell Queller or whatever. You could have it be rummaging instead of looting. You could have it be crew two instead of crew one. Like there's so many knobs you could pull on this card to try it to was, make it not broken, and I don't know if any of them would matter. Basically, it was a brand new card space. Um, what they said, basically, the line, the last line said, "Smuggler's Recopter was a result of a new card type pushed too far." Yeah, it they like we know that we will never see vehicles as crazy as this again for a while. Like we knew this going um, like go, after seeing all the vehicles, we just knew like these are probably too good. Like Renegade Freighter is probably too good. Smuggler's Copter probably too good. But um, it just became too much of an issue for the format, and they said basically we need to ban it. Um, it's also in like every mid range to aggro deck. So yeah, and it just wrecked a lot of planeswalkers early on. So I mean, we saw Liliana tick down in terms of how much she was actually around because you, you couldn't tick her you, like you could tick her up, but then you could just be like, all right, activate my smuggler's copter, kill Liliana. Also, the fact that she, that copter kept Chandra down was also probably big. Yeah, like we didn't see Chandra at all because I mean. She saw a little Chandra play down. in like the red green mid range Etherworks Marvel decks, but not not nearly enough to to. She did not live up to the pedigree of a four mana planeswalker with four abilities. No, I had her on my energy deck by the end, but yeah. still, it was just uh, it wasn't great. But the last one is someone that's like, wait, you're banning him now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is a my good buddy Reflector Mage, the old <laughs> the old, the best mana war of the year. The best mana war, the mana war of the year. Yep. Uh, from Oath of the Gatewatch, the two three for one blue, white and a blue, that and it, when it enters the battlefield, return target creature to an opponent controls to its owner's hand. That creature's owner can't cast spells with the same name that creature until your next turn. That second line is basically why they banned it because it was causing memory issues, and it was just it was hard to track because you couldn't you couldn't remember it, or some people would forget it, especially when. You had long turns like he did in like the company mirrors. Um, yeah. It's it's not only that; it just feels bad, man. It's a two three for three, which it didn't need to be a two three, and they made it a two three for limited because blue white was just terrible, and it was still bad in that limited format, even with reflector mage being a two three, because it could have mm-hmm. just been a two two and been fine. But the biggest thing for me why they banned it is not just because, according to their data from Magic Online, uh, blue white flash was the best deck in standard. And it only had one sub fifty percent matchup, and that was against black red aggro. Is because reflector and that was a that was a forty nine, and that by the way was a forty nine percent matchup. Yeah. Just to show you how close to split it was. Also, reflector mage hates on aggro decks so hard. Like if you have because aggro decks are built around the idea of having four ups. Like you had to build your deck with the idea that okay, how do I make sure that I'm reflector mage proof? Yeah, I know your buddy Ruben yeah. uh, actually mentioned on Magic Mike's tonight a little earlier. He's like, the really feels bad thing back in like the company days was, you know, you play your Sylvan Advocate, and then your opponent goes, okay, Reflector Mage. And then your draw for next turn is Sylvan Advocate. Yeah, it's just... It's, it, it's just one of the... Like, the reason it's... If it was just that card, yeah. but it's weird because you wouldn't know which of the cards it would be and hidden information being what it is. You didn't know. You wouldn't know if you had two in your hand, and it's one of those like if it just bounced it back to the hand, end, stop right there, it would and you could good. play it again next turn. It would be good, but it wouldn't be as oppressive yeah. and bad or feeling bad for it. So basically, they, because like Wizard says, Reflector Mage came up time to time again as both a frustrated and targeted way to diminish the blue white flash deck. So it's a frustrated, frustrating card to play, and they feel that this might help. Turned tune down the blue white flash deck, which remember, blue white flash as an archetype was essentially collected company with the green removed, and it still has spell queller. Yeah, well, so it's spell queller. I mean, they drop like the Sylvan Advocate and all that stuff, and you lost. Um, well, yeah, recruiter. like you lose, yeah, you lose the green stuff that makes that made that deck really interesting. But no, like the now blue white flash still has spell queller, which is yeah. still a good card. It's not a reflector mage by no means. No, not at all. But it's still just like, yeah. 
And I'm happy that I that I already have two of the three of those in foil in my cube. Uh, so I can pick Frankly, up, I can I'm pick si- up I'm still si- Mage now. Funnily enough, so we mentioned the uh, Aetherworks Marvel decks, um, which were kind of the ones... I mean, Turbo Emrakul. See, Emrakul was kind of a miss by R&D. Like we mentioned, like, oh, did they miss the Felidar Guardian kind of combo? We don't know. But they fully... We mentioned this a couple like multiple podcasts we've mentioned this that they've stated we just did not anticipate players breaking emrakul to the point where they did they weren't playing her as much in the future future league they were playing her for nine ten mana while players were like let's get to her out for seven mana like the turbo they did not anticipate teamer emerge as an archetype at pro tour elders moon and no like when you can cast her on turn four off of Aetherworks Marvel, yeah, thirteen thirteen that is is impressive. It's impressive and it's just is just really, really good. Um, so the fact she, she she handled two pro tours based off of one, let's get her out as quickly as possible via our graveyard, and the other one's like, let's just dump stuff let's just like put stuff in our graveyard with this other artifact, let's just cast it on turn four. Yeah. It's it's a really good card. Um and even then, the Marvel decks could still, if they're still looking to put stuff in their graveyard anyway, if they didn't have the Marvel out, they could still technically get her out on turn five or six. Uh, that'd be hard to do without um, Servant of the Conduits. But yeah, they could do that too. But I mean, well, I mean like, it was easy. All right, so maybe like a little more, but it was still one of those things where it was just like, okay, maybe they overstated it. But it was still something that she could yeah. cast well ahead of the curve, even if you couldn't get Aetherworks Marvel online. Yeah. Um,. And I think that a lot of this has to do with what Sam Stoddard wrote as a, for his standard retrospective uh, right before they had their holiday break, where the threats in standard are way are so much better than the than the answers that's causing a problem. And there are several answers in Aethervolt for Smuggler's Copter. There's Fatal Push, which just kills it outright. There's also uh, Aethersphere Harvester, which is a three mana three five uh, flying vehicle with Crew One that you get two energy and you can spend an energy to give it lifelink. There's several answers for that card in, for standard in Aether Revolt, and they were just like, nope, we're not going to wait to see what the Pro Tour does. We're just going to get these out of the format now so that we don't have this issue where, oh, who made the top eight of Pro Tour uh, Aether Revolt? Oh, blue-white flash, or blue-white flash, red-white Tamardu vehicles, and uh, green-black delirium. And an Aether Revolt Marvel deck. Can I, just, can I just say that Aethersphere Harvester is a ridiculous card in itself. Oh, it is. It's really good. It's a very clean... It, it's also, like I said, a very clean answer to Copter. It blocks it really well. It's not as good as Copter, but it's it's a very powerful card. I mean, even if you don't worry about the energy, you can still just have a 3-5 big old booty for crewing one. And we're talking about this now. Um, we have a little Discord where I've been talking with some of my friends who've been testing, and I put it up on there, and I took a screenshot of it on my phone, put it up in the Discord, and they're like, I don't believe you. Send me the URLs. Like, here's the URL. Here it is. There you go. And then I got another person who I, I met, another local player who I met with on the plane, the GP Milwaukee, who I hadn't talked to since then, sent me a text out of the blue going, holy crap, they banned Emmer Coolcopter and Reflectimage. And I was like, yeah, they did. Yeah, it's, the bans are, I'm curious to see how they utilize the uh, post-Pro Tour so I'm gonna just call it like the you know the mid format ban restricted list uh, announcement. Uh, it's kind of a new space for them uh, in terms of we've never had we've had like okay be- before the format you have to just stick it out get to the end whatever. Now it's like okay you have a release valve. There can be a potential feels bad moment, and that will be if they ban a card from say. Aether Revolt or Kaladesh again. Um, if something becomes too powerful, you could have a card that okay. So say you you're just a like for example, joke let's player. say that the Sealy Rai Felidar Guardian combo is actually just the best thing to do in the format, and we have like three standard GPs where it's like seven of the top eight, six of the top eight, a full top eight. That's what do you do? It's like, what do you do? Do you de- take out the Guardian or do you take out Sahili? My guess is they take out Guardian. They probably are going to take out Guardian because they don't want to ban... A- I don't think they want to ban another Planeswalker. They don't want to ban a Mythic. And the reason why is people are still opening these packs. And here's the big. Here's another thing. People were looking at this ban list and they're like, why aren't you banning Gideon? Like, if you're banning yeah. these three cards in Standard, why isn't Gideon gone? And we might see him gone. 
I don't think he's going to get banned. But the biggest thing is, like, I, I like the idea of Wizards having a more active hand on Standard. I like that idea. I really enjoyed the 18-month rotation, even though it was worse for the casual players, which is why they went back to the two-year rotation. I yeah, think- and that's another thing to keep. That's another thing to keep in mind too, is because of them deciding, okay, we're gonna go back to the two-year rotation. You can end up having to wait a long time to get a card, you know, potentially that needs to get banned. But if you've got these extra release valves, it's- they can help make. I mean, they can help tweak their format. It's also. I don't necessarily think it's an admission of like, yeah, we've missed a couple things lately in terms of our testing, but it's a way to allow them to course correct on something that they just didn't see. Yeah, and just so everybody remembers, under the 18-month rotation, Gideon and Reflector Mage were leaving when Amaket comes out. They were supposed yeah, to be so leaving. Like, we would still get yes. Embercool until August. Like, Embercool was sticking with us until until Ham comes out. Now, those two are just leaving at the same time. Granted, Embercool's gone now, and Reflector Mage is gone now, but that is something to be aware of. Yeah, so it's just, going forward... I guess they kind of wanted to help mitigate potentially a feels-bad moment, but it could also create a feel-bad moment in terms of the player base if, you know, it's some Timmy or Johnny going to grab a pack off the wall and their parent might not know any better and they go crack this big old cool shiny mythic and it's like, oh, I got this really cool card. And someone's like, yeah, dude, you can't even play that. I do think it's going to be interesting that the limited format of choice, until Modern Masters 2017 comes out, which is in March, um, we'll have a card that you could open in your pool that is banned in standard. Yeah. Smuggler's Copter, it could be one of the best cards in your pool for your deck, and then you literally just have nothing afterwards. Like, you can't even be like, well, maybe I can make a janky deck with it, blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you're if you were playing Aethervolt Limited and you open a Copter in pack three, you're taking it. Let's not, let's not cut bushes. That's not like, you know, it's like you're taking the Copter. It's of so course. good. Yeah, in limited, it's a it's a still a bomb card in limited. Yeah, it's just that you're taking it without the, with the realization now of like, oh sweet, I'm literally opening an, opening a ten dollar bill here. It's like, okay, I just opened up a bomb for my deck. Hopefully, this powers me to a win that I can get packs or whatever store credit. Of note, like, Smuggler's Copter was added to the Legacy Cube. Nice. It, oh uh, yeah, that's out right now. That is out right now. I'm probably gonna end up drafting at some point. I'm not sure when though. Uh, just so everybody cool knows, thing. for the Legacy Cube, they only added two vehicles. Do you want to guess what the um, other one was? Fleet Wheel? Yes. Yeah, Fleet Wheel Cruiser. Yeah, they didn't add Seemed Sky like, Sovereign, seemed... which I expected. But in any case... I'm not surprised they didn't add it. I would have been I would have been more expecting to see something along the lines of Renegade Freighter, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, I have Freighter in my cube, but I also have I mean, several Fre- I'm saying, in my cube. Well, I'm saying Freighter over Sky Sovereign, at least. Oh, maybe. In any case... But, oh, so, cool things today I saw um, a couple... I actually found there's some EDH players in my barracks building that play during lunch periods. Um, they play a bunch of games. Today, I, I just kind of... It, it kind of shook me to the core because I saw a foil Aetherworks Marvel unsleeved. Oh. <laughs> being played in an EDH deck, and I was just like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> and I, I arrived and watched it, like, right as someone was like, I'm going to play this card, Microsoft Lattice. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> they have Brea on the field, too, and uh, Ethereum Sculptor. And I'm just like, oh. And everyone's like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, oh, you think it is? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, these poor players have no idea what they just walked into. Uh, by the way, cards <laughs> that combo with Microsoft Lattice, uh, Consulate Crackdown. Constantly Crackdown says exile all artifacts your opponent's control. If you have Microsoft Lattice in play, their whole board's an artifact. Oh, no. I have all my permanents. <laughs> you have none. Good luck. And that could be a uh, target for, you know, EDH banning. It's not. Maybe. If they haven't banned Nevenroll's just... Disc, because you can go Microsoft Lattice, Nevenroll's Disc, Darksteel, or Darksteel, uh, no, not Darksteel Citadel, uh, Darksteel Forge, they're not going to hit Constantly Crackdown. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, they still let DR, just, they still let Deadeye exist. So I think it's cool though that like there are some people that I know in my barracks that are playing EDH during the, they're choosing their hour and a half lunchtime to just I'm gonna go play a game at EDH. I'm like, good on you guys. It's a good format. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. In any case, uh, that's going to go ahead and do it for us. Uh, I'm excited to go to the pre-release this weekend. Ian, you playing in a few? I have at least one that I'm playing in, so I have a four-day weekend. So nice. I might try and get. 
Well, it's Martin Luther King oh, right. Jr. That's right. Birthday on Monday, uh, so I get a four day weekend for it because Army's cool like that. Um, we get like a Donza day of no schedule activities the day like the Friday before. Um, so I'm already scheduled to do a two headed giant with my girlfriend on Sunday at Mox Boarding House. I might try and do another event. Not entirely sure yet. Um, it it depends on whether or not I feel like peeling myself out of my house. <laughs> I might. I'm actually might be streaming this weekend as well. Legacy Q, uh, man. Since, Legacy Q. Hey, you want to do a stream? <laughs> you know my at number. Some point. <laughs> I know. Uh, so speaking of that, uh, you guys can actually find me on Twitch at twitch.tv/dicks. Uh, also follow me on Twitter at Twitter or it's at dixonij d i x o n i j. Uh, I'll probably be saying whether or not I'm going to be streaming some Legacy Cube. I probably will be. Um, just look for that. And John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That is j w i l e y129. I'm also and at Twitch by the same handle, but yeah. again, that's TBD. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, if I decide to do another one, we might be able to do a chat while drafting Legacy Cube. We can do an eyes on the, the live. I like it. I like it. We'll, run, we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll have your people call my people. All right. Uh, also, uh, this will be the first time that I'm not playing in a pre-release because I will be judging a bunch of the pre-releases. So that's oh, going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting thing to do. <laughs> Judge. What? Anyways, um, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at Eyes on the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesonthemize at gmail.com. Please continue to give us your feedback. We love to hear how we can improve the podcast for you all, our loyal listeners. Uh, in any case, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. I messed up the I messed up the outro. Whatever. Roll it. F it. We'll do it live. <laughs>